Hello and welcome to The Lone Ranger from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. His faithful Indian companion, Tonto, the masked rider of the plains, led the fight for law and order in the early western United States. The stories of his strength and courage, his daring and resourcefulness have come down to us through the generations. And nowhere in the pages of history can one find a greater champion of justice. Return with us now to those thrilling days of yesteryear. From out of the past and the thundering hoofbeats of the great horse, Silver... The Lone Ranger rides again. Come on, Silver. Hurry, big fellow. I'm Silver. Amos Anders might have been called a financial pioneer. Up until the time of his death, he had encouraged and financed many new enterprises. Some had been successful. Others had failed. But old Amos had a great deal of faith in the future, and this quality he had tried to pass along to his son, Jimmy. Jimmy's share of the Anders estate consisted of 1,000 shares of stock in a new company his father had been helping to organize, plus the sum of $5,000 in cash money. Oh, this stock he left me, it's 1,000 shares of junk. That's what it is, just junk. But I'll get rid of it someplace. Somewhere I'll find a sucker just as big a sucker as the old man was. Three weeks later, young Jimmy Anders arrived in the frontier town of Finney's Promise. Well, this is Finney. 
promise, mister. Uh, driver, when does your stage come back through here? Uh, a week from today, mister. You uh, figuring on being ready to leave by then? <laughs> I'm almost ready to leave right now. <laughs> That's the way most of the folks feel. First time they get a look at Finney's promise. <laughs> and what's more, most of them do. This country reminds me a lot of northern Texas. Good country, Dan. It takes a lot of courage and faith to develop a new frontier. What about this man we're going to see? Isn't he sort of a pioneer in these parts? John Finney. Yes, he was the first man to settle in the valley nearly 30 years ago. Ah, Finney, plenty good feller, Dan. In fact, the original settlement in the valley was named after him. It's known as Finney's Promise. Golly, that's an odd name for a settlement. How did it happen? Well, when John Finney first came to the valley, he believed he had found a kind of paradise. Soon afterward, he wrote to many of his friends and persuaded them to join him in developing it. And, and did they come to the valley? Well, they came in great numbers. But a great many of them were disappointed and uh, turned back. Now, listen to me, friends. Don't give up before you make a try. I tell you, this is going to be the richest land in the country. Uh, it means a lot of work. Hard work. The kind that'll break your back, maybe. But believe me, friends, it'll be worth it. There's everything here in the valley. All we have to do is develop what's here. Sure, all we gotta do is kill ourselves trying to make something out of nothing. And someday we'll all be rich, huh, John? I promise you people, you'll be more than paid for your labors. You'll get back more than you could ever put into the place. You hear that, boys? Finney's gonna promise us a great future here in the valley. (laughs) I'll stick with you, John. Not me. I ain't gonna throw my life away in this awful desert. Sure, it's a desert. But the Colorado's nearby, isn't it? We can irrigate the land, can't we? Well, it couldn't raise nothing but blisters on this kind of land. Now, listen, men. I promise you... (laughs) There he goes, promising again. (laughs) Hey, there's a name for your new settlement, boys. You can call it Finney's Progress. It was late afternoon when the Lone Ranger, Tonto, and Dan Reed rode up to John Finney's ranch. The man who came to the door of the old ranch house wore clothing that had been patched and mended many times. His manner was that of a person who was ready to acknowledge defeat. Yes, sir. What can I do? Well, well, I'll be eternally hornswoggled. How are you, Mr. Finney? If you aren't the last man I ever expected to see... Well, Martha! Oh, Martha! Come see who's here! Well, come in, sir. Come in. Thanks. Uh, you remember Tonto, Mr. Finney? Yes, uh, yes. How? And this young man is Dan Reed. Proud to know you, Dan. How do you do, sir? Well, for the land's sake. Hello, Mrs. Finney. Uh, oh, goodness Mr. gracious me, this is a surprise. We were traveling through the valley and wanted to see how you were. Well, sit down, sit down. <laughs> Thanks. It's a good thing you stopped now. Reckon we won't be here next time you pass this way. Won't be here? Why, surely you don't mean you're giving up. I reckon that's what you'd call it, masked man. But, uh... What about the valley? Who's going to finish the work you started? Nobody, I suppose. Nobody will ever finish it. And if I hadn't been such a tarnation fool, I reckon I'd never started it in the first place. Thirty years of hard labor we'd thrown away, trying to make something out of nothing. This time we come to our senses and clear out just like the rest have done. Never was enough people here to make a go of things. They've been moving away a heap faster than they've been moving in. Ain't nothing left hardly but the riffraff. Well, I... I'm sorry to find you both so discouraged. 
Somehow I always felt that your dreams would come true. That someday this valley would be the paradise you wanted. No. If there's as much misery in paradise... It... Well, look at me. Look at my wife. Both of us wearing rags. Uh, what will you do if you leave here? Well, I, I don't rightly know. Thought maybe we'd go back east. Depends on how much we can get for the place. Feller in town today made me an offer. Oh? A young fella, newcomer from the east. Name of Anders. What sort of an offer did he make, John? A thousand dollars. For the whole spread. Why, that's ridiculous. The buildings alone are worth more than that. I know. Well, there ain't no other buyers in sight, and I'm so sick of slaving my heart out for nothing. I'd be willing to give it away just to clear out. This young Anders fella just come to town last week. He met up with Del Richardson. That tin horn. And the two of them opened up a new gambling place. Uh, what a fine place the town of Finney's Promise turned out to be. Nothing but saloons and gambling halls. Yeah. He said he might go as high as 2500 if I was willing to take securities instead of cash. Securities? What kind, John? Well, I... Oh, here. He'd give me one to take home. Then I could show it to Martha and talk it over with her. You can look it over if you like. Uh, sure. Mm-hmm. A certificate was issued at... Why... Well, what's the matter? How many shares of this stock does young Anders have? A thousand shares, he said. And he offered them to you for $2,500? Well, he didn't say he wanted cash. Said he'd give me 2500 for the place here if I'd take the certificates in payment. And if you ask me, I'd a lot rather have $1,000 in cash than 2500 in certificates that we don't know nothing about. Mm, maybe you're right, Martha. Before you make up your mind either way... Give me a chance to investigate this certificate, will you? Why? Maybe the chance you've been waiting for, John. A chance to prove to a lot of people that their faith in you is well placed. What, for the land's sake? What are you talking about? A small town known as Finney's Promise. A place that was built on faith and uh, one man's promise. Hmm. I reckon you're referring to me. Well, it looks like I owe my friends an apology. You don't owe them an apology. You owe them a home, John. A home in... The richest land in the country. Remember? Remember? How could I forget the things I promised those people? You're not supposed to forget. But you are supposed to keep the promise you made. I think you're going to do it, too. The next morning at the Palace Cafe in the town of Finney's Promise... Young Jimmy Anders talked with his partner, Dell Richardson. Well, of course I don't want Finney's busted down ranch. But if I can get it for $1,000, that's next to nothing. Yeah. Reckon old John's ready to sell out at any price. Sure. If I can get him to take these securities for payment, <laughs> well, that would be getting a place for nothing, see? Your old man must have been quite a gent in the stock market. Yeah, he was a fool for every new idea that came along. Always talking about the the faith in the future. <laughs> like John Finney, huh? He brought a couple hundred people out here to settle the valley. Made a lot of big promises. He always talked about faith in the future. <laughs> you can see what the poor suckers got for listening to him. Those that are still here haven't got money enough to get away. Yeah, this town will be dead in another year. Yeah. But we won't be here for the funeral. As soon as the loose cash is cleaned up, we'll move to new territory and open up another place. Right. And it won't be no penny ante joint. Next time, it'll be a big place with a pharaoh and roulette layout. Just a minute, Dell. Yeah. Well, well, well. Howdy, Mr. Finney. Morning, Mr. Anders. I come to see about them securities you was offering. Oh, fine, fine. Come right on in. Come in, mister. That's it. Now, uh, have a chair, Mr. Finney. Thank you. 
Oh, howdy, Richardson. Uh, hello, Finney. You, uh, made up your mind to leave the valley? Uh, reckon that's what it amounts to. So, uh, I guess you must have talked to your, uh, missus about the certificate, huh? That's right. Well, sir, you'll never have a chance to make a better investment. I inherited those certificates from my father, and he was always said to be one of the smartest, one of the most far-sighted men on Wall Street. Mm. Takes a far-sighted man to be successful, I suppose. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, Mr. Finney. <laughs> you know, you remind me a lot of my dad. Yes, sir, you sure do. That's so? Absolutely. Why, just think how you came out here and you, you, you tried to settle this valley. Oh, that takes a lot of a lot of faith in the future, see? Mm. My father was the same way on Wall Street. He always said there were great things ahead for anyone who had faith in the future. Mm. Uh, those certificates... And I'm proud to say that my father was a mighty successful man, Mr. Finney. He was mighty successful. Why, many's the time he invested money in something new, something that nobody ever heard of before. Always come out all right, didn't Oh, he? he was a mighty successful man, Mr. Finney. He was a shrewd operator. Because he was a man just like yourself, a far-sighted man with an eye to the future. Well, uh, I talked to Martha about that stock. You said you had a thousand shares, didn't you? Yes, sir. And if my old father was alive today, he'd tell you that this stock represents the finest investment that he ever made. Uh, yeah, well, I of course, talked to uh, Of course, uh, that, uh, that place of yours, that's pretty well run down. It's going to take a lot of fixing up before I could hope to sell it to anybody. You see, I'm giving you more than twice what the place is worth. Well, that is, uh, providing you want to take these, uh, these securities for payment. Reckon I'll take the securities, Mr. Anders. Fine. Fine. <laughs> You'll never regret it, Mr. Finney. <laughs> and now I'll make out a bill of sale so you can get them transferred to your name. And then you can fix up a bill of sale on the ranch for me. Huh? A bill of sale on the ranch won't be necessary. What, what? Huh? You just fix up that transfer on the stock certificates and I'll, I'll pay you for it. What I was figuring... To... Well, I was trying to get the $2,500 for that stock by making a trade with you on the ranch. Uh, what did you mean you'd pay for them? I thought I made it plain enough. Here. Reckon you both can understand this language. But, but cash money. Where'd you ever get $2,500 in cash money? You mean you'd rather... T sure, sure, that's the spirit, you bet. And a mighty fine investment you're making, Mr. Finney, a mighty uh, and fine... And let's get this deal over with, eh? I'm... Liable to change my mind. You bet. <laughs> yes, sir. -y. I told Richardson the other day, I said, now there's a smart man, a man with an eye to the future. Reminds me of my own father, a great man with a lot of faith in the future. <laughs> yes, sir, -y, Bob. The curtain falls on the first act of our Lone Ranger story. Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments. to continue our story. It was the day following John Finney's visit to the office of Jimmy Anders and Del Richardson. The two men stood at the window overlooking the main street and watched the crowd gathering outside. <laughs> Look at them turn out, would you? Yeah, the whole town. Everybody in the valley, in fact. Come see John Finney and his Mrs. Lee. <laughs> He's the man that brought him to this forsaken spot in the first place. <laughs> Look at him, darn fools. Hey, come on. Let's get out there and see what's going on. Uh, 
John, sure hate to see you and Martha leave. Ain't got but a minute to talk, Sam. The stage is ready to leave, so listen carefully. Huh? Wish I could tell you just what's up, but things have been happening so fast, I'm not altogether sure myself. What are you getting at? You see that Indian over yonder? Uh, you mean the big husky fellow across the street? Right. Now listen, that fellow's a real good friend of a real good friend of mine. A good friend, Savvy. Sure. What about it? Come on, Finney, we're going east. You... You go talk to that redskin, Sam. I, I gotta be going. Talk, John, and I sure miss going to you folks. Goodbye. Sorry, we ain't got a brass band to see off with, John. Maybe you can arrange to have one when we come back. We sure will. Goodbye, John. What in the... No, just what do you mean by that remark? You can maybe have one when we come back. When we... Huh. I reckon I'd better go talk to that Indian across the street. Uh, howdy. Oh, how? I was talking to John Finney just before he left. He, he seemed to think I ought to get acquainted with you. Oh, well, maybe it better you get acquainted with my friend, huh? The fellow John was talking about? Huh? Just who is this hombre? Well, you got horse to ride? Yeah. I'll meet, take you to him. Well, where's he at? At Finney Ranch, waiting to see you. Say, this is getting kind of mysterious. What's he want to see me for? Well, you get horse and come with Tonto and find out. Well, all right, Tonto. I ain't never had no objections to meeting any of John Finney's friends. Let's go. Say, what kind of a deal is this? A masked outlaw in John Finney's house with Jim Brownlee, the banker. Oh, don't get excited, Sam. <clears throat> Sit down. Mr. Brownlee came over from Carrollton to uh, make your proposition, Sam. Proposition? What kind of a proposition? If you two are up to something... We're I... up to something, all right. I think you'll be in favor of it, Sam. <clears throat> Here. Here. Put that on, will you, Sam? Uh, a badge. A lawman's badge. It's a deputy I... United States Marshal's badge. And the salary's $150 a month. But, but listen, I don't Put it to... on, Sam. The marshal will be around one of these days to speak the proper words and make it legal. In the meantime, you're going to have a job of work in Finney's Promise. Finney's Promise? What in the Sam Hill is a deputy United States Marshal needed for in that ghost town? You get the jump on a couple of hundred drifters and two-bit promoters like Del Richardson and this young Jimmy Anders, Sam. And you may be wrong in calling Finney's Promise a ghost town. I may be, but I ain't. Even John Finney finally pulled out, didn't he? He did, and for a very definite purpose. But you can take my word for it, Sam. He'll be back. And he'll be coming back to keep the promise he made you and the other people in the valley years ago. Funny you should mention that. I can still remember just as clear as day the promise John Finney made 30 years ago. Listen to me, friends. Someday this is going to be the richest land in the country. I promise you, you'll be more than paid for your labor, for your faith in the future... It means a lot of hard work, friends, but it'll be worth it. Yes, sir. I can sure remember his very words. Lots of other old-timers remember Finney's promise, too, Sam. Yeah. Why don't you pin that badge on your vest and help your friend to keep the promise he made? 
that what John wanted me to see you about? Well, we asked him to recommend the best man he knew for the job, Sam. Well, in that case, I reckon you've hired yourself a lawman. There. How's she look? <laughs> Just right. Now sit down and I'll tell you what's up. A week later, the huge lumbering freight wagons began to arrive. For days, they rumbled through the town and out onto the plains, heading for the Colorado River. The Overland Stage Company changed its schedule. Where the stage had formerly passed through Finney's Promise once a week, it now arrived twice daily, carrying a full load of passengers. Dal Richardson and his partner Jimmy Anders weren't sure what had caused the sudden boom. However, they were hardly in favor of the sudden upswing in business at the Palace Cafe. Yeah, that fellow I was talking to at the bar says he's an irrigation engineer. Says the whole outfit is going to bring water to the valley from the Colorado. <laughs> Why don't you tell him he didn't have to go to the Colorado for water? Why don't you tell him that's what he's getting across the bar for a dollar a drink? <laughs> <laughs> I heard a bunch of them grumbling about the liquor tonight. Yeah, let them grumble. They can't do no better at the other saloons. Look what come in today. Ten barrels down. Yeah. Ten barrels of whiskey mixed with ten barrels of water. <laughs> That's twenty barrels of rot gut. And at a dollar a drink, Anders, that means... I got bad news for you. What? Oh, it's the new, uh, the new deputy marshal. <laughs> Howdy, Sam. I have told you before, Anders, to clean up this place or clear out. You ain't cleaned it up none, I see. So? So I'm giving you and your pal Richardson 24 hours to close up and clear out. You better be gone, Savvy. Sure. Sure, Sam, you bet. You men! I just got word John Finney's on his way back from New York. Be here on the midnight stage. Those of you that's interested in living in a decent town where your wife and kids will be respected, be glad to see him. The rest of you better pack up and ride with Anders and Richardson. We ain't building a place for tin horns to get rich, Anders. So I guess you know what to do. Yeah, sure. I guess we know what to do. Don't we, Dad? Hurry up. He's heading for the ace high across the street. Probably going to give them their walking papers, too. I'll take a couple of the boys with him when he comes out. Let them have it. Get ready now. Everybody fire together. The minute he steps out the door. Look out, Sam! Get out of that doorway. Watch the alley. Oh! Dell! Dell, come back. I'm hurt. Get your hands up and be quick about it. Otto, get their guns. Can you, fella? Get hands up quick. I can't. My shoulder, it's busted. Otto, help Sam get these men locked up. I've got business to take care of at the Palace Cafe. We have to clear out fast. What? Didn't you get that, Marshal? I heard shooting. He had friends across the street covering the alley. They'll be coming over here. Come on, we gotta hurry. Stand where you are, both of you. What, what the? Turn around, tin horns. Watch those whiskey barrels in the corner. All right, watch them. Are you crazy fool? There was more than a thousand dollars worth of whiskey in those barrels. A thousand dollars worth of target practice, you mean? 
There are just two slugs left in these guns. And if you don't want to see some fancy shooting, get started for the jail. The midnight stage had rolled into town and the passengers were unloading in front of the hotel as the masked man came up the street, marching his two prisoners before him. cleaning, John. There he comes now with some of the sweepings. You can lock these men up for the rest, Marshal. It's a pleasure, mister. A downright pleasure. All right, Anders. You and Mr. Richardson get moving and keep your hands up here. Oh, uh, wait up there, Sam. I got something to say to young Anders. Oh, what do you want, Finney? Just wanted to thank you for selling me those certificates, young fella. Thank me? Oh, I know. You figured you was making a mighty clever swindle. In fact, you look so much like a swindler, I never would have bought him if the masked man hadn't told me to. The ma... What? Yep. He even got Banker Brownlee to loan me the money. You, you mean that those certificates, they were good? Good? Well, I give you uh, two and a half a share, didn't I? Yeah, I know. Well, sir, when I left New York about ten days ago, them shares were selling at $95 a piece. Yep. And folks was trying like mad to buy them. Sold a couple of hundred shares, I did. Enough to pay back Mr. Brownlee and... To meet expenses on the work being done in the valley. Well, I'll be eternally hornswoggled. Like you said, Jimmy, your dad was a man of vision. Had great faith in the future when he put his money back of that invention. Uh, all right, Sam. Reckon you can lock up your prisoners now. You bought them shares for two dollars and a half and sold them for ninety-five dollars? Holy Nelly, what kind of invention was it, John? Who invented it? You tell him, Martha. Of course, Sam ain't gonna believe a word of it, not until he hears it with his own two ears, I reckon. But it's a talking machine, Sam. Uh, uh, what? What did you say? A machine that talks, says real words, and plays music and everything. Now, there's another man with vision and a heap of faith in the future. I tell you, that fella Edison is a whiz, Sam. A regular whiz.
story you have just heard is a copyrighted feature of The Lone Ranger Incorporated. (laughs) 